Hello and welcome to the EcoSend podcast, a weekly podcast on becoming a climate conscious business. Every week, we'll be interviewing founders, marketers, and leaders who are championing the climate. The podcast is hosted by myself, James Gill, co-founder and CEO of GoSquared and the makers of EcoSend. If you run a business or are responsible for growing one, and you want to have a positive impact on the environment, then listen on. Every episode, our goal is for you to learn something and be inspired to take some action. Every single one of us making small changes and some large changes will add up. We're all in this together. So let's get on with the show. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's meet today's guest. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of the EcoSend podcast. Now, the EcoSend podcast is about a 30-minute show we bring out each week where I speak to other people in the world of sustainability and often people who are founders in the marketing world, also in nonprofits, but all people that are in some way trying to make the world a little bit better. And each week we bring out a new show. This is the third series of the EcoSend podcast and uh, I feel like it's flown by. And I, uh, if you've been watching along or listening along, you've enjoyed the show so far. Today I've got a really great show and I'm very pleased to be joined by two guests, which is quite a rarity. And today I'm joined by Anya and Rob, uh, who are both co-founders of a platform called Dazzle. Now, Robert is a co-founder and has a background in the more commercially related roles in the field of sustainability. And Anya is dedicated to making a positive impact in the world by transforming businesses into fully sustainable operations. Uh, now, I'm really looking forward to this show because it's going to be covering lots about the world of sustainability, but also another big move movement, which is people working for themselves and becoming independent uh, freelancers and having more power to them. And uh, all of that sounds great. So... Hi, both of you, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much, James. We're happy to be here. Cool. Hi, Robert, and hi, Anya. <laughs> Thank you for the, the lovely introduction, James. <laughs> be, be a part of the podcast. Awesome. It's great to, great to have you both. So I, I don't know if, if maybe, Robert, if you wanted to kick off with what does, what does Dazzle do and, and, and what's, what, what, in your own words, would you say your, your role at Dazzle is? Uh, it'd be great to hear more. Yeah, so my role at Dazzle is obviously I'm a co-founder. I founded the company beginning of, uh, of this year together with, uh, with Anya. Yeah. Um, and Dazzle is an online matchmaking platform, matching uh, sustainability professionals, freelancers globally with organizations who are in the needs of an extra pair of hands <laughs> to achieve their sustainability goals. Awesome. And that sounds, that sounds great. And so Anya, you've been thinking about this space for a while like what what about what's your role and how do you how do you work with Robert on all of this so my role in Dazzle is I focus mainly on our freelancers so like Robert said we match companies to top tier sustainability freelancers and I really focus on uh, on that side of the business and the community aspect so not only do we vet freelancers in order to be able to match them with companies who need their support but we also have included a for now an online slack community and we want to facilitate collaboration between freelancers actually i see i see so for you anya i did you wake up just wanting to do this or did you did what was your journey like uh, getting into this this world like how it's always good to hear was there a tipping point that made you want to get involved in the world of 
Well, I guess both freelancers and supporting them, but also the sustainability side of things. Yeah, I think the freelancer aspect and and my my very recent journey, I have to owe to Robert um, because he's the one that came up with the idea. But my my journey into sustainability began after, uh, well, my sister turned vegan. Right. Okay. That's a big, that's a big deal. (laughs) She was quite intense about her reasons. Um, So I had no choice but to educate myself. I watched all the documentaries, you know, that uh, that kind of scare you, mainly related to food impact. But the tipping point for me came during my first job, um, which was at an environmental health and safety platform, um, which obviously covers certain aspects of sustainability. But I figured out that I was quite passionate about this specific aspect of the business. And as I guess fate would have it, my then employer moved office buildings and moved into a room that they would share with a sustainability consulting firm. Ah, I'm starting to see things piecing together here. (laughs) Yes, so I got to know the team quite organically over Friday drinks as you do (laughs) and I figured out that they weren't really active in terms of marketing Mm. um, which is my background and I started freelancing for them so that's where the freelancer aspects kicked in and joined the team full-time after six months Uh, that's how I got to know Robert and we uh, started our journey as the commercial team of that consulting firm about three years ago and then decided to leave to start our own venture at the beginning of this year. But that's that's Robert's brainchild. (laughs) Right. No, that's that's really good to hear. It's it's always great to hear the the origin story. So we heard half the origin story. What about you, Robert, then? How did you get into this? Yeah, so obviously I was very excited ah. uh, in the beginning of the role that we had uh, someone joining the commercial team from a marketing perspective. So sure. and I was working at this consultancy firm as a sales team lead. Anya joined as a marketing team lead. So as Anya mentioned, we formed a commercial duo yeah. back then. And purely from an yeah, idea perspective, um, we actually came to the realization that when organizations want to access sustainability expertise, they mostly have three options. Um, where the first option is that they hire a sustainability manager. A second option is that they work with a consultancy where we worked back then. And the third option is that they work with self-employed professionals, mm. uh, with freelancers. And for the third option, yeah, we identified that online there was no um, platform that matches uh, or facilitates the link between these self-employed professionals and organizations who are looking for these individuals. Um, and that was our first train of thought. So also our, or let's say my original thought was to build a marketplace where organizations can upload a request for support and freelancers globally can respond to that specific Mm -hmm. request. But after many, many evenings, nights, brainstorming with Anya (laughs) uh, about the topic and also conducting a a big research over a hundred plus sustainability managers where exactly their need lies, we tweaked the business idea into a matchmaking platform. So from a marketplace into a matchmaking platform for one specific reason. And that is that uh, organizations need some support in decision-making as well. Um, they need some support in defining their uh, exact scope of work, mm. which is not always too straightforward in sustainability. And also once they have this scope of work defined, some decision-making in which freelancer then globally uh, is best capable in supporting us. And that's where we have developed this matchmaking algorithm or matchmaking platform that we have to open the conversations, 
conversations with companies, help them with scoping their exact need when it comes to sustainability, and then matching them with the individual or individuals mm. who are best capable of supporting them to give you... Uh, that really helps explain it. Thank you. Thank you, both of you. I come across Dazzle and I was hearing you explain the matchmaking concept, but hearing it end to end like that really helps understand it because I think for us, like at Ecosend, we've been going through some of those challenges ourselves. Like we want to work with other people that at the very least care about this, the same things as us, yeah. but ideally people that can teach us area in areas we don't know about. And, you know, there are places I will go to find a designer or, or a, an engineer or a marketing person, but to find people that know about sustainability and are able to keep pace with the rapid change and, and all of the, the, the evolution of, of what we're all finding out about um, climate and sustainability and to have a place where you can go to figure that out actually and find people that can help with that is yeah, seemingly very much lacking. So yeah, they, you've really helped me understand more about what the platform does. So that's very, very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I guess in, in terms of, in terms of this whole world, I could actually share, like, we've certainly had challenges in finding people that, that express those same values or know, uh, you know, not that we know everything, we no one can know everything, but we feel like we're learning more and more. But um, finding people that also can come in and help us, whether that's with carbon footprint measurement or understanding which suppliers are good and bad from a climate perspective, Dazzle would help us find those kinds of people. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. correct. So yeah. I know that the ESG space in particular has even sometimes been referred to as an alphabet soup. <laughs> the CSRD and part of the CSRD is the ESRS yeah. and you have the ISSB working <laughs> with the IFRS and it's just, it can get very complex. It makes you want to run away. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we, we kind of want to get rid of a bit of that overwhelm and we know that a lot of sustainability managers describe themselves as generalists, knowing the larger space of sustainability. But then it, when it comes to a specific topical expertise, like you just referred mm. to carbon footprinting and selecting suppliers, it can be really helpful to have a partner that is really specialized in this aspect. That's really the community that we've tried to put together. Amazing. Yeah. And, and so I guess also for a lot of businesses, you know, I know for ourselves, like we're not at that stage where we would necessarily need someone full time. And, and often I think sometimes when you go to like a larger business to get help, it can often cost a fortune. So that the freelancer market is, is the sweet spot for everyone there. Yeah. Yeah. It's also something we had identified in the sense of there's a big need of an extra pair of hands, as I already mentioned in the beginning, yeah. but not per se for the full 40 hours. So that's exactly the sweet spot indeed, as you mentioned, James, where we want to support with Dazzle. And of the platform really is to make sustainability expertise more accessible mm. and in particular more financially accessible. Like you just said, if you look towards larger consultancies, often the price tag is substantial. And this kind of offers also your SMEs an opportunity to work with an expert without breaking the bank. Yeah, yeah. And so I assume with all of the work you've been doing, there must have been lots of research and speaking to other businesses. And I'm sure many of people listening might be in a position where they like, what are the challenges businesses have in finding 
freelance help then is it is it the, the, the cost must be one maybe just discovery is another but are there other factors like how you select between people to help with what are the other challenges there in terms of finding people yeah i think one of the bigger challenges is uh, the quality of the freelancers right. if you do your own research um, on linkedin for example as an organization to find an individual you get pretty far in the sense of you can find quite a lot of, of freelancers obviously but how do you know if, if this freelancer is of the desired quality you are looking for mm. so that's often the the challenge that we heard from from yeah the research i don't know if there's another <laughs> perspective that you would like to share from from the research no i think that's very true i think it's just it would take a lot of time for an organization to go on yeah. linkedin or yeah. mm. kind of scour through the existing freelancer platforms to find the right individual if the, if they even know because yeah. i think where other freelancer platforms really do hit the brief uh, like you just said when you need someone for design or for marketing it's a very detailed scope you know exactly what you want you know exactly what you need so it makes it easier to find an indiv individual that can help you fulfill that need but in sustainability there is it's still quite vague in some aspects so you need someone to kind of help you on that need to identify what it is that you exactly need and what makes the most sense because prioritization and sustainability i think is therefore also a big challenge because out of all of the things that you could do what are you going to do now what yeah. is both urgent and important and there we would also offer some guidance right that's that's really interesting and so yeah dazzles then like helping not just put you in touch with the right people but also helping you even figure out what you're even trying to do and whether that's the right thing. So there's quite a lot of, of value and help. And yeah, no, it makes, makes a lot of sense. I'm sure, I'm sure many people listening will be like, you know, this could be quite a handy, handy site to have in my back pocket. So I hope so at least. <laughs> it's no, it, it's, it's good because trying to do research in terms of various topics on digital sustainability and wanting to do more understanding of sort of, stuff that's with beyond our control and understanding more you know about the wider industry and uh, getting access to data that maybe we don't naturally have in-house like there's all of these questions where it's like where do you turn and we don't have any one person on the team that would necessarily be the go-to for all those things so it's the sort of thing i would now i would think well i'd probably come to to dazzle try and see if there's anyone out there that can... anyway i'm not i'm not trying to be an ad for yeah. you guys <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess another big topic here, and while it's not necessarily specific to climate, or maybe you disagree, but like, I guess there's this whole other movement here, which is more people working independently. So I didn't know yeah, how much you wanted to talk about that and how I guess that's been an influential part of the, the whole creation of Dazzle. Yeah, for sure. It's a trend that that we definitely took into account with founding Dazzle. What we, uh, what we see in general is that a lot of people are choosing to be independent professionals because they in general or hopefully have a higher quality of life because they're more in charge of you know their own hours, where they work from in the world um, and their rate, of course. There's an, an increase in the number of people that are interested in sustainability and thus might choose this as a career path. And we, we want to facilitate uh, meaningful work for those people. Yeah. And 
as sustainability becomes a growing concern, um, already is, of course, but you can kind of see an uproar. We, uh, yeah, we think that that does uh, can be a key piece of the puzzle. I know that at least in in the UK, there's sort of there's been other names for it, like the gig economy and things like that, and sometimes it gets a bad rep. I know in London, at least, you got things like the Uber drivers and the that side of things on the on one end, where like there's been a lot of controversy around. Um, hours worked and things like that but I feel like maybe in the media there's been a lot of focus on at least in in the UK media like on the negativity side of people working independently but there's this whole other positive story as well which I think is the side I've seen more of personally which is people choosing as you said choosing their own hours choosing their own rates like choosing where they want to work and that freedom that flexibility for a lot of people is just is is totally changing the face of work isn't it and i think another reason that we often hear as well from the own our own free freelancers in the network that we've spoken to is that by freelancing they feel like they can make more of an impact by mm. helping multiple companies rather than being a sustainability manager at one particular firm. right yeah but it's also for them really a way of making more impact yeah yeah, absolutely. I, I guess you get to, you know, the opportunity to bring that experience between different businesses and share that around like what works for one company in one sector might be valuable insights for another company and, and also. Yeah. yeah. No, and I, I agree with what you're saying, saying James as well, in the media, you often see the negative mm. side of freelancing or independent work. There are obviously also risks. Yeah. There are certain elements you should take into account. We can also talk about that. Mm. But from our perspective, we have seen especially in sustainability, that's the field where we work in, also firsthand from friends or co-colleagues um, working in sustainability consultancy firms, for example, think from 40 hours a week to 32 hours a week, mm. but one, hour, one day a week they can freelance and work with a client or on a project related to sustainability where they get a lot of energy from mm. and feels obviously different when it's for yourself and on your own term. And yeah, that's also how we see most of the shifts happening, not directly from 40 hours a week to full-time mm. freelancing. We also see that, but uh, often, yeah, where it starts with trialing it one or two days a week and how it feels to, to stand on your own feet in that sense yeah. and work finding your own clients, um, setting your own hourly rates. Sure. Um, and I hadn't even thought about that yet. So people just scaling it back and dipping their toes in the water in a way to see if they like yeah, it or not. Exactly. And I assume some people might think it's the worst thing ever and realize how hard it is to go find clients, but then <laughs> some That's people awesome. might love it. Yeah, it's not for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know you were, you were saying beforehand when we were speaking that a big part of what you've been trying to do is foster a community as well. I guess... I guess that's one of the downsides sometimes when you work independently that, you know, you often have a lot of camaraderie and, and, you know, connection with the people you work with. So is that maybe where you're thinking that the community comes in to, to help support yeah, people that have gone for this more independent lifestyle? Yeah, absolutely. So it's one of the things that I experienced as a freelancer myself as well. I am such an extrovert and having <laughs> completely by myself was sometimes a bit of a struggle and and also you're learning because in your more typical career obviously you have a manager or and someone that you can view as a mentor you have a lot of influences 
from the people around you that you learn from yeah. uh, in this more classical work setting. Whereas yeah. if you're a freelancer, you don't necessarily always have that mentor or manager that can teach you new things based on their experience because you're yeah. kind of going at it alone. Um, so I think it was definitely a need that we identified with the freelancers also that we interviewed before even launching the platform while we were still doing our researches. That's definitely something that they were quite keen on because yeah. it's also an opportunity for them to expand their skill sets and to learn from other experts in their field. Absolutely. No, I hadn't even the community side being an important part of even just career development and learning is. Yeah, absolutely. I you hear that a lot as well, even for people on teams where like the change from being in an office to being remote has even had an impact on that. So, yeah, the importance of that community side totally resonate for me. That's, that's cool. So I guess there's a third and final piece of, of this whole jigsaw, which I know very much related to the people we talk to in marketing roles. And I assume, Anya, you may be, uh, this might be something more on your mind as the marketing person, but like the role... We're talking a lot about sustainability, talking about freelancers and how marketing can be a force for good on this whole journey. And some people, I know I've spoken to on this podcast before, sort of said, well, marketing is part of the problem. And, you know, if it's all about consuming more, then how can marketing help? But your your belief is that marketing, there's a lot of opportunity for people in the world of marketing that can make an, a positive impact on the world, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was definitely, I used to be on the side where I definitely thought there is no place for marketing in the future. Uh, also, why I wanted to move my career away from it and <laughs> solely the sustainability aspect. Yeah. But as I've worked with, with companies through my experience at uh, the consulting firm as well, I realized that it actually has quite a big role to play in education um, and that it can be used as a force for good. I'm not saying that it, it only has or that there aren't risks or downsides attached to it but i do feel that it has power to create more of a movement because as you educate your clients or consumers about how to make sustainable choices i believe that you can do that through marketing mm. and it's something that i've also aspired to do through the content that i've produced is to create educational content about how to become a more sustainable business mm. and that when the organization decides that they need a bit of support that you would be you know the party to turn to that's mm. really how i've always um viewed our marketing efforts so i i feel like there's a lot of space to use it as a force for good rather than only to endorse consumerism because yeah. mainly there isn't that much space for it in the future absolutely if marketing is so much about great storytelling then we need more of that and more great communication around the challenges we face and what we can do about them. So it's great to hear a more optimistic view there. And yeah, <laughs> thank you. Speaking of optimism, what, what are your thoughts for the future and the future maybe of work, the future of sustainability and organizations? Anything you can share on how you feel, you know, the world might be changing over the next few years? I don't know, maybe Robert, any thoughts on this? Yeah, for, for us in an ideal world, um, sustainability would be a no-brainer in yeah. all organizations. <laughs> but yeah, talking about uh, being optimistic as well, but that's absolutely <laughs> the mission of, of Dazzle to make sustainability uh, the status quo within our organizations yeah. or a no-brainer in all organizations. Um, that sustainability is a part of 
every decision matrix or every decision being made within organizations, that's definitely something uh, we stand for and strive for. And in terms of marketing, to still have a little bit of input from my side on, on marketing as well. <laughs> my field of, uh, field of expertise. Um, I, I totally agree with uh, what Anya was saying. With regards to the educational part, I think that's in, uh, extremely important. But also something me personally very much appreciate in marketing is uh, transparency. So that's an element I've seen at different organizations, the, the use of transparency on how far they are in their sustainability journey, mm. some things that didn't went well as well. And overall, an honest tone of voice on where they stand, so what the goals are, is definitely something I think we would will see more in, in the future uh, of Mark. But as I said, maybe you have some <laughs> add-ons on it as well. Uh, no, I agree. I mean, if marketing is used in a transparent and honest and more nuanced way, then I think there's definitely a space for it in a sustainable future. I think where obviously the biggest critique comes from people is, you know, there is this this big element of greenwashing that mm. has been um, at play for a while. So it, it just always creates this, uh, this sense of skepticism mm. when companies communicate. And it would be great if if that would obviously reduce. And I know that there are lots of developments in the legislative space that are trying to tackle the, with the European green claims, for example. Yeah. So these movements are happening and, and that I think will, yeah, will change marketing and, and business alike. Yeah, no, that's really, really good to hear. And yeah, so hopefully a future where businesses and organizations are more transparent it becomes easier to trust businesses because of things like that clearer guidelines and requirements of what people should and shouldn't say um hopefully everyone doing a better job and putting it higher on their agenda that sounds like a a more optimistic view of the future that sounds sounds good to me hopefully we can we can all do that thank you both of you i know last last kind of bit but we always like to hear if you've received any advice in the past or if you've got any advice to share i don't know if either of you wanted to share anything i i don't know if that's something you want to share anya or you robert like go yeah, go ahead yeah sure. <laughs> I think what i've learned also in the research that we've done is what has come out as a clear challenge in sustainability is prioritization because it can be quite overwhelming and the best piece of advice that i have kind of learned is to yeah always ask yourself is it urgent and is it important mm -hmm. and it if it's yes to both of those questions, um, yeah, should you slot it into your to-do list? Uh, and if not, you can find time for it later. That has really helped me personally, but I think it will also help businesses in their sustainability journey. Absolutely. Yeah, I know many company founder or individual who everything always seems to be urgent and uh, important and <laughs> struggling with prioritization. I know I struggle with that myself. So yeah, there's like a matrix, isn't there, that you can sort of plot things on. That's very helpful to to think through, and I don't do that enough. So yeah, thank you, thank you for that. And also, was there you mentioned? I think you mentioned before. There's maybe some sort of resource you've got coming up. You want to share? Yeah. So um, we've referred to the research that we've done with this podcast, but we're not going to keep that for ourselves. We'll actually be publishing <laughs> an email very soon. Um, that is titled 10 Priorities for Sustainability, a Strategic Roadmap for Implementation. Oh. The goal of this resource is to do exactly that, to help companies prioritize and kind of provide a checklist with actions that uh, hopefully will, uh, will be actionable and will help set the roadmap and make it a bit easier to tackle things. 
That sounds great. A little bit of a roadmap of a bit of spoon feeding to make it easier to get started on this sounds sounds like what we all need. Fantastic. Well, I, th I think we've talked about all of the topics we were thinking about. And I know hopefully many people listening will want to go check out both yourselves and Dazzle as well, because I know from my side, I think there's quite a few things we could do with some help on that could be places we'd go to the platform to check out. So the website is dazzle-platform.com, isn't it? That's the website. And we'll link to that in the notes. And people can find you both on LinkedIn, right? We'll link those in the show notes. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you both of you. Thank you, Anya. Thank you, Robert. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Uh, hopefully, we'll catch you again very soon. <laughs> thank you, James. Pleasure to be here. Thanks so today. much, James. Appreciate your time. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks all. Bye. And thank you to anyone listening and watching because we bring one of these episodes each week. And hopefully you've enjoyed chatting with Anya and Robert today. If you did, please let us know via your podcast player of choice. I'm sure we would all like to hear your feedback and I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show today. So thanks for listening or watching and uh, we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Mm -hmm.